Well, hey, you, what are you waiting on? Well, you guessed it. This segment is about excuses. How many of them have I made? Where could I have been by now had I not made so many excuses? Oh, I've invested so much time, so much conversation, all surrounding excuses. But boy, girl, woman, man, have I not learned more so that it's all about making the right executions, making sure that I'm going in the right direction. And if I'm going to be successful, it's going to require a little bit, if not a whole lot of work, not excuses. So some time ago when I was in college, there was this particular saying that was um, familiar to me. And it, it's by an unknown author. And it says, excuses are monuments of nothingness. They build bridges to nowhere. Those who use these tools of incompetence seldom become anything but nothing at all. Well, that, that phrase has actually been stated in several different ways. But essentially what it's saying is that you accomplish absolutely nothing. You go absolutely nowhere. You, and you, you become absolutely nothing more than what you see by doing absolutely nothing but making excuses. <laughs> so it's just the cycle of nothingness. So how do we break the cycle and move toward where God will have us to be? How do we move in purpose? How do we move from mediocrity to our next level? Man, there's so much talk about people, especially in January, when people are making resolutions that they're only going to break beginning late February, early March, about I'm going to my next level, I'm going to my next level. But they don't have a plan. Remember Habakkuk 2? It talks about writing the vision and making it plain. And really uh, putting the vision out there. Do we write our vision anymore? Do we type it up? Do we, what do we do? Do we just think about it and dream about it but never see the actualization of it? Or what are we doing? So we want to ask our que- ourselves some important questions. Do you have a three-month plan? Do you have a year plan? Do you have a five-year plan? These plans are very important for us to be able to see small victories that lead toward our ultimate goal attainment. I'll tell you something that is one of my favorite quotes um, that helps me when I kind of have a little bit of a spirit of procrastination. George Washington Carver said, 99% of the failures um, come from people who have the habit of making excuses. So I write different things and I place them in various um, areas. My desk um, at church, I've got this quote on there that cautions me about my behavior. It tells me that um, I'm supposed to help the, the, the staff to work toward meeting goals, not never, you know, get away from complaining where it's easy to complain. Uh, at my job, on my desk, I have several quotes that are there that I look at all day long that remind me never to give up, that if I need to take a break, then take a break, but never give up. Resting is okay, but quitting is not. And so even in my bedroom, I've got quotes that help me um, all over my home. I may put a little note here or a note there. If I'm going to be facing a particular 
challenge during the day, not necessarily something that's bad, but maybe overcoming something or accomplishing something, I might put a little bit of a, a, a scripture in my pocket to help me that I can look at and I can pull out. One thing that I've um, learned is that if I never start, I will not become a champion. I may not be a champion when I start, but if I never start, I never get to become a champion. So you've got to be a starter before you can be a champion. That means you've got to get out there and get in the game and make sure that you are playing the game. You got to teach yourself some things and always remain teachable. You got to make sure that you're teaching and that you're learning. Never accept no from someone who's not authorized to tell you yes. You've heard that before. Well, let's go to the word of God. Zechariah, um, in, the, in, the, in, in the book of Zechariah, we can see where we're not supposed to despise small beginnings. If you look at chapter 4, and if you look at verse 10, it tells you just what you need to know. I like the New Living Translation of it. It states, do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And so, especially when I was transitioning in my pastorage, and God had given me the great, wonderful vision of Grace Hill Church back in August of 2017 I was um, a little bit scared I'll tell you the truth and it was like <laughs> a huge venture I had friends who were very close to me um, of course very supportive but they too had their um, their questions about are you sure this is what you want to do you're taking on a big venture here and I am so grateful for the founding members who were so tenacious in their faith and um, really pushed forward and encouraged me as I went forth sharing the vision and what God had placed into my spirit. And when I shared with the membership where we were headed and what God was doing, they were so excited. Now just think about it. Just think if I had listened to uh, people's apprehensions or even my own apprehensions rather than to obey God. When God gives you a vision, let me tell you, it's always going to be bigger than you are. And let me tell you, where God gives vision, he's going to give provision. Zechariah 4 and 10 has been with me. It has helped me to stand the test of time. Do not despise these small beginnings. Look, you've got to start somewhere, my friend. Oftentimes we're looking at the finish and we want to be there so fast that we forget that we've got to run the race in order to get to the finish line. And that begins with your first step. It says, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And I often think about that. I think about every year around August 10th when we start to celebrate and we start to look at the wonderful things that God has done all through the month of October as we celebrate all those special beginning moments. Um, I just think about how the Lord smiles on us literally and how excited as uh, the pastor of the Grace Hill Church, how I became so excited. And I saw that flicker in the eyes of the members and how excited they were to be a part of something that God was doing. And I would say, God is smiling on us. But I re this scripture really tells me that he's rejoicing to see the work begin. So when you go back to school and you take that dream off the shelf, you dust it off and you shine it up. Let me tell you, God is, God is rejoicing that you've done that. 
who wouldn't want to put a smile on God's face? So stop making excuses, my friend. Get up from that place and start making executions. Remaining willfully ignorant is being irresponsible with your life. So why would you know that you're ignorant of something that that you could find out more information on? One of the things I teach mentees that um, that um, that that trust me to tell them anything, I tell them the worst thing you can do is say, I don't know when you serve a God that knows everything. I'm not saying that you have to be a genius at everything in the world but where it com- where where it comes to your purpose where it comes to what God wants you to do let me tell you he will equip you you just got to seek God like never before sometimes we start seeking answers on things instead of seeking God about the answer and when we seek God for the answer let me tell you you will open yourself up to a multitude of things don't ever let fear, I have to talk about fear and just about everything I talk about. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let fear be your excuse. Let faith be the reason that you go forward. Never let fear be your excuse because God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you love, power, and a sound mind. And so if you're thinking outside of the box and everybody else has thought that what you're doing is crazy, perhaps it is crazy to them. But God has called you to something greater. The scripture says that there is an open and effectual door. There is an open and effectual door. In other words, a great door has been opened to me. Paul said this um, about ministry. And he knew that God had given him um, an opportunity that was a great opportunity to minister to the people that he was talking about in first corinthians 16 and 9 and that is a wonderful scripture because it talks about that wide door or that open door or that opportunity that god gives and the new american standard bible says for a wide door for effective service has opened to me and there are many adversaries let me tell you make your adversaries become your ushers let them usher you to your next big room see standing in the hallway and you see those ushers, you know, those adversaries standing at that door, you might, you might decide to back up a little bit and just stay in the hallway. But let me encourage you to walk over the threshold of faith. It doesn't matter who's standing there at the door trying to block you. It doesn't matter who's trying to hinder you. You've got to walk through that door and know that if God has opened that door unto you, that great door unto you, that nobody can stop you from going where God will have you to go. So never, ever, ever get caught up on those things. Um, one of my other favorites for, for moving forward in God is Genesis 50 and 20. It says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it to good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. alive. You know, stop making excuses that people don't like me. Oh my God, it's haters out there. Oh my gosh. Can we stop talking about haters? I mean, can we stop talking about who does or doesn't like me? I mean, let's just do it in the spirit of humility. Stop using your enemies as excuses to why you won't do it. You got to press on and press through. We don't know who might be on the opposite side that may come to the Lord's side because we persisted in faith and we treated them with the kindness and humility of Christ. So let your life minister. You know, 
ministered. There, 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 were, there were people that laid traps for me, didn't like me, but guess what? They respected me. They respected me because they knew the traps that they laid. They respected me for walking through, not acknowledging them about it, but just walking on in faith and doing what God will have me to do. There was a conversation that was going on one time about a lady that a couple of people didn't like. And then a few of those perceived enemies of hers said, but you know what? She's blah, blah, blah. And she's blah, blah, blah. Her enemies had to testify to the good things about her. But you know, she didn't see them as enemies. She saw them as opportunities to be better. And you got to see adversity as an opportunity for being better, for conquering, and for taking the challenge that makes you a better person. So we don't want to focus on excuses. We can find any reason in the world not to do a thing. Oh, but when God has laid out a plan before you, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11, you just got to walk through and do what God tells you to do. Keep your eye on the prize. And again, I want to leave you with this. Zechariah 4 and 10. You got to keep you got to keep going. You can't despise the small beginnings. You know, I think of a good friend of mine who um, lives in a three story home now. She's not a bragging person. She's not a person who tells people, I live in a three-story home. It's not even really a big deal to her. (laughs) But there was once upon a time in her life where she struggled financially. But she's always had a heart to give. She never made excuses for her situation. She never made excuses for this or that. She worked hard believing that God was going to bring her out and bring her to her wealthy place. Let me tell you what my friend believes. She doesn't believe her wealthy place is in material things. She believes that her wealthy place is in the presence of God. So if you can just press and stay in the presence of God, you're going to see his unseen hand operating your life like you have not ever seen it before. So stop making excuses and start making moves. There's a, um, a big movement out there and I don't, I don't disagree with it at all. I absolutely want people to live their best life, but I'm living my best life. I'm living my best life. But are you really? Are you really? Are you looking like you're living your best life, but you're not? I remember that was once upon a time that my sisters um, were taking trips and they were doing this and they were doing that. And I was not able to do it because my credit score was not where I needed it to be. And, you know, they, I didn't, I didn't make any excuses. I just, for why my credit was the way it was, I started working on it. I started speaking a a different way about my finances. I started doing things. I became happy about the changes that were happening for me, but it meant that I had to make some sacrifices. It meant I could not go on vacation here. I could not eat out over here. I couldn't do that because I had a goal in mind. So sacrificing times of sacrificing um don't have to be things that you go oh by humbug or anything like that just know that you're working toward your goal because i'm going to tell you when you get that banging credit score when you see that credit score on fire like that you're going to be like yay yay and you would have set yourself up for discipline to know how to maintain that credit score or whatever your goal is so i'm encouraging you to write your goals 
give them to God. And then when God gives them back to you, trust God for the execution of everything that you're going to do. Let God speak to you. I know I said that I was going to close with Zechariah 4 and 10, but I'm a preacher. So um, I have about two or three or four or five or six or even sometimes seven closings. But I really believe that this one's going to be my last closing. If you'll bear with me, I want to look at Psalm 1 because there is a word there that um, I think will bless you. So in Psalm 1, it says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And I wanted to leave that with you because you want to make sure that you surround yourself with people who don't make excuses. Um, one thing that I do is I surround myself with friends that won't let me make excuses, that won't let me off the hook. They make me accountable. Do I always like them? No, I don't always like them. I always love them, but I don't always like my friends because sometimes they tell me the bona fide truth and it doesn't always feel good or even sound good to me, but I do know that it is good for me. And I have, um, I have a great respect for all of my friends because they hold me accountable. Um, the great majority of my friends, my closest friends are not preachers at all. They are wonderful people within their own rights. And they hold me accountable to the call on my life. They hold me accountable to God's purpose as I do them. So they don't let me um, let the hair down so far that I'm not who I am or anything like that. They, they tell me, hey, you need to start blogging or you need to start writing. Hey, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? Great job. Or, hey, you're slacking on this or you're slacking on that. So find people, find people and uh, whom you can find good counsel. Not You don't want the counsel of the wicked and you definitely don't want people who will appease you and make you feel like you're right when you're definitely wrong. Those are people who are helping you to make excuses for bad behaviors, for um, bad manners and things that don't lead to success. And so find those friends who are going to help you along the way. Find a mentor, someone that I, I know all of my mentors are people that I really don't always want to talk to, but I have to talk to. And I respect them. And they're not people who I'm all the way common with, but they're people who challenge me and not necessarily hard on me, but they're good for me. And so find a mentor. And um, whether it's one that's near or far, someone that you're watching and you can see their life progressing, someone who loves the Lord and they will um, listen to, the, to the, the guiding of the Holy Spirit and they will seek the Lord before they give counsel. Well, I pray that you've been blessed with this segment and I hope that something's been said to help you to be encouraged to get up and to start. Remember, there's a champion in you.